Good morning, it's June 14th. We're reading through the Bible. We are in Ezra in the Old Testament, and after a slowdown and opposition to the rebuilding of the temple, we see everything resumed here in chapters 6, 7, and 8. Actually, this is a critical chapter, chapter 6, where uh, Darius confirms the decree of Cyrus and underwrites the project and is able to see the temple completed. And while it wasn't of the magnificent glory of Solomon's temple, it was finished and it was adequate for what they needed, which was the worship of God to be restored to the prescription that God gave through Moses. And so they celebrate the Passover. There is a great sacrifice. There is joy. And then in chapter 7, uh, we are having the law being taught. The, ta- the law is taught. People are responsive and receptive. They give thanks to God. It's just a good scene here, all flowing from chapter 6. And I encourage you to read this, particularly the good hand of God that is upon Ezra, uh, the priest and the scribe, and just upon the people as they're responsive to God. And speaking of being responsive to God, we see Peter be responsive to God, although it took a lot in this passage in John 21, which is the last chapter in the Gospel of John that we're reading today. And this is a scene of restoration. John is not doing what he should be doing. He's out fishing when he should be preparing to be the preacher that God has designed him to be. We're going to see that finally play itself out in the book of Acts here real soon. But we have Peter taking others with him in his um, failure to do what he should be called to do. And so Jesus makes a special appearance here in John 21, a post-resurrection appearance, and says to John, you got to get to work. And he starts with a very probing question, do you love me? John, do you love me? And if you love me, then do what I told you to do, which is to feed my sheep. You're a preacher of uh, the word of God. You are a evangelist. You are to be uh, fishing for men, as Jesus said initially in his calling, uh, not fishing for fish. And here he is out here fishing for fish. Jesus, in a very compassionate scene, makes that breakfast along the Sea of Galilee, uh, broiled fish, and he has breakfast with him and asks him, do you love me? And if you love me, get back to work at doing what I've called you to do. And he does, which is great. He calls Peter, and Peter is finally responsive after a lot of dialogue, which should give us hope that God is a God, much like in the book of Jonah, where uh, the Lord comes and picks up the broken prophet and is willing to utilize him if he's just willing to get back on the beam, which is what the nation has done here in Ezra. After all those years in captivity, God has taken this group and has moved them back into his grace, into his good, uh, useful uh productivity in this world and the things that God want to do through Israel. And so we're going to see Peter uh, flourish in the in the book of Acts, which is coming up uh, tomorrow. But there's our Old Testament and New Testament reading. Our community imperative is a familiar verse to you, I hope. I have decided now to bounce back over to Ephesians, the second half of Ephesians. We're going to look at chapters 4, 5, and 6. But I want to speak to this right here in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 4 to grab our community command. In Ephesians 4.15, it says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So this is all about the kind of growth that the church should be having as the pastors and the evangelists do their job in planting churches and developing and cultivating churches. But the church itself is to be mature and it's supposed to be grown up and strong. And that's going to happen when people are speaking the truth in love. So our community imperative is simply to speak the truth in love to each other. Very simple, but that is something that we are called to do. Now, both sides of that, 
need to be clear in our minds. We speak the truth, which is not popular these days, but we speak the truth. And even to one another, sometimes it's hard to say what is true. Now, we do it in love. Love is the means by which we speak, but the truth is the truth that God has given to us. I just recently, even hearing people say, you can't say that because that's not loving. Well, if it's true, it needs to be said. How we say it is in a loving way, and love is a benefit or at least a a focus on the benefit of those I'm speaking to. So I'm not just dropping bombs and and running. It's not a carpet bombing of of sentences, and, and it's about me trying to help people persuasively and kindly and yet firmly to be able to help people to understand the truth. And in your life, I want you to make sure that you have both the truth, which is the the subject, it's what you're communicating, and love, the means by which you get that across to other people. So uh, speak the truth and love to each other. Ezra 6, 7, and 8, New Testament, John 21. And we'll be back tomorrow as we continue reading through the Old and New Testaments. 